0: Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message.
1: Good morning. Welcome to our 12th United Worship Service. We're so happy that you joined us here today. Today's going to be a little bit different. Um, we're going we're gonna to worship because uh, with music and song because we find healing and hope in worship, and it draws us close to the throne of God. But we're also going to take some time, and Charlie, Ray, and myself, we're going to sit down and have a discussion. And we're going to mourn with our brothers and sisters of color the hurt and the oppression that they felt for years that's, been, that's really been brought to the forefront over the past week or two. Yeah. And we're going to discuss a way forward, and, and hopefully— find a way to be encouraged by what we see God is able to do, even in the midst of pain and suffering and confusion. So our invitation to you is to join us in worship through song and then to sit at the table with us, pull up a chair, and join us in this oh-so-important discussion and how we can find a way forward to love the way God loves, to live the way Jesus lived, and to speak for the oppressed and the hurting and those, those who have suffered for way too long. Will you join us today?
2: What a powerful time of worship we've had. and What a great opportunity we're going to have in a moment to sit down and, and talk intentionally about how we respond to the divisions that we're experiencing right here in our own, in our own time and our own place. How we sit with our brothers and sisters of color, and we share in their pain, and how we find a way forward. But as we gather together for the purpose of worshiping God, one of the ways that we celebrate what God has done and one of the ways we empower and equip the church to go forward with the hope of the good news is that we offer our gifts. And so friends, I want to invite you now to bring your gifts. Make a decision now how you will give to God. And in the links below, you can find the church that you participate with and you can make your gift. Click on that link after the service today. And may you make an offering to the Lord. I'm going to pray for us now. I'm going to pray that God would use that offering to further the mission of the church and to be to, to offer great hope to people all around us. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you. In the midst of pain, we thank you. In the midst of confusion, we thank you. In the midst of a time of celebration and song, we thank you, God. Because, God, you have, you haven't left us. You haven't abandoned us. You haven't forgotten us, God. God, you're in the midst of all that is going on. So, Lord, part of the way that we thank you is we give to you what is rightfully yours. So, God, receive these gifts we'll give today. Use those offerings in a way to empower the church to take the message of hope, reconciliation, and restoration to the ends of the earth. God, may the church lead the way. May the church be the beacon of hope. May the church be the bridge that overcomes the divides that have existed for way too long. May the church be the sanctuary where we find safe haven. And God, may you use these gifts to help that be so. Receive them as a gift, as an offering, as an act of worship. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: hey kids pastor ricky here again for our kids challenge and i'm so excited to introduce our new series called epic and during uh this series we will be talking about the people of israel back in the old testament Um, God had a plan to bring his people into the promised land after delivering them from Egypt. And even though God had a plan to bring them into this awesome land that he promised he would provide for them and protect them, they had to go through this uh, wilderness. And so they were wandering for a pretty long time. And For some of those people, they experienced uh, loneliness and feelings of unbelief and struggle, but God wanted them to know that He was with them and He was present with them. And so that's what we're going to be talking about, that God is with us in our struggles no matter what. Um, And so we'll be spending this month talking about that and learning from their stories. And so let's not waste any more time. Let's jump into our first lesson of Epic uh, and rejoin our friends Carl and Cassie. Check it out.
3: Hi there, you little chicken nuggets. It's me, Carl. Welcome to Grow TV. Welcome
4: to Grow TV. Introducing your host,
0: Carl. And your co-host, Passy. Where we learn, where we grow, and we talk about Jesus.
4: Once again, welcome.
3: Wow, I am so excited y'all are here. But I was hoping you guys could help me figure out some questions I have. Like if you were an animal, which animal would you be? What language is this? Are you a cat person or a dog person? Can you smell me from here? Do you have any candy? What would you do if I took your candy? How do you make someone happy? You elephants toot? Why are dinosaurs so mean? And who is that? (laughs) Just kidding, it's me Carl. Hey Carl. Hey Carl. (coughs) Okay, well that was scary. But good thing I won't be scared like that anytime soon. Hey Carl. (coughs) Are you real? Is this real? Are you really Cassie? Or is this some weird alternate reality? I can't.
5: It's me Carl. (coughs) Carl, relax. I heard you had some questions and I came by to see if I could help you out.
3: Well, cool beans.
5: (laughs) That's what I'm here for. Now I want to do a speed round? Speed round? Yeah, you ask me as many questions as you can, and I'll answer all of them.
3: All right, speed round! Can chickens fly? No. Do they wish they could? I think so. Where are the dinosaurs? They gone. What are those things people sit on at churches? A pew. Can you make a laser noise? Pew pew. What's your biggest fear?
5: Probably that technology will end up taking over the world. And snakes. (laughs)
3: Last question, what in the world is a tabby nickel? A what? A tabby nickel. I was in church the other day and the preacher man said, these people built a tabby nickel.
5: Can you use it in a sentence?
3: Yes, I can. The person saw a tabby nickel. All
5: right, I'm not sure what I expected there. Do you remember where the story of the tabby nickel was in the Bible?
3: Yes, it was either in Second Hesitations or Exodus.
5: I think you're talking about Exodus, so let's go there. Yeah, the tabernacle, not tabernacle.
3: <laughs> tomato, tomato.
5: Yeah, okay. Well, this is a really cool story, Carl. And the tabernacle is actually something very important. Well, what is it? Well, in the time of Moses, God wanted to build a tabernacle. It was like a big tent that they could put up, take down, and carry wherever they wanted.
3: So it's just a tent?
5: What's so special about that? It was a lot more than a tent. God explained it was a place where they could spend time together.
3: (laughs) Wow! So God wanted to be with them?
5: Of course. God wants to be with us all the time.
3: That's pretty cool. Well, I just... I don't know. What? Well, they're in the middle of the desert. The wilderness, per se. Where I live, there's no deserts around here. And I sure don't have a tent. So? So? So that means I can't spend time with God
5: like they did? No, I guess you can't. Not technically like they did, but you know what? What? You can spend time with God in ways they never could. Really? How? Well, not only do we get to pray to God all the time, but we get to read God's Word whenever we want, through the Bible.
3: I guess I never thought about it that way. And I guess we do have the Spirit of God, too.
5: That's right. Now we have the Spirit of God living in us constantly, so we can spend time with God anywhere.
3: Wait a minute! Did you just say we can spend time with God anywhere? Yeah. That's that... What's <laughs>
5: happening? That's our big idea! <laughs> Today's big idea is, I can spend time with God anywhere.
3: And on the count of three, we're all gonna shout out the big idea. One. Two. Three. I can three, spend time with
5: God anywhere!
3: <laughs> Good job, kiddos. You did it. <laughs> Loud and proud. Great
5: Carl, I think we learned a lot today.
3: We sure did, Cassie. And also learned that dinosaurs don't exist anymore, which is <laughs> a good thing because I'm terrified of dinosaurs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for watching and tune in
0: next week for a new episode of Road So like Carl and Cassie pointed out, um, I really like Carl's uh, pronunciation of tabernacle. It was tabby nickel or something like that. Um, But that's not how you say it. It is tabernacle or temple as other Bible translations say. But uh, God, during the wilderness, he wanted to remind the people that he was with them. You see, God didn't need a home. Right, God didn't need a place to sleep, but he had the people build this tabernacle to remind them of his presence and his desire to be with them, even though sin separates us from God. So God wanted to be with his people um, and remind them of his presence. And so we see that story in Exodus 35. God has the people build this tabernacle, and it looked something like this. And so he had them build this tabernacle um, and, you know, there were specific things that they had to make it look like um, and we don't have time to get into all those details, but it looked really nice on the inside and it was supposed to be an example of God's heavenly home in heaven, right? And only certain people could go in there but God ultimately was using that place to be a reminder for the people that he was with them um, and that he would always be with them and so what does this mean for us today right we don't live in or we don't have a tabernacle um, and maybe some of you guys have guessed it we have a church right and different things like that but God's plan was that we would now be God's tabernacle see the Bible says in John 15 that when Jesus would leave Um, He would send the Holy Spirit so that anyone who trusted in Jesus um, would receive the Holy Spirit. And it would be God living in them or with them, right? And not only that, but we have a promise to look forward to in the future. In Revelation 21, it says that God is coming back for all those who put their trust in Jesus. We won't need any kind of tabernacle. We won't need to pray or do anything. We will see Jesus face to face. And so that's our hope. But what can you do now? Well, the Bible says since Jesus is living in us, Uh, We have the ability to spend time with God anywhere, right? I'm talking about your bathroom, your basement, your friend's house, in your mind, in your heart, with words or without words, we can pray and experience God's presence no matter what. And so... Friends, I wanna encourage you, do that this week, do that today, whatever you're doing, make time no matter where you're at to spend time with God and realize this is God's gift to you. It is his personal presence to be with you no matter where you are at. And so I hope that encourages you guys and uh, let's pray um, as we ask God to remind us of this and get ready for our sermon for this morning. Uh, Father God, thank you so much that you created this tabernacle in the Old Testament. God, as a reminder to your people, that you wanted to be in their presence God uh, sin while it separates us from you you wanted a way to show your people that you cared about them that you loved them and that you were here for them and now we have the Holy Spirit and we await a day that you're gonna come back and we won't need anything but we will see you face to face God encourage us with this truth today and God help us to spend time with you no matter where we are knowing that we have this gift God, we love you. We thank you. And God has always blessed this morning's uh, sermon or dialogue. God, I pray that it would encourage uh, your people and and, um, encourage us to continue to trust you and obey you in Jesus name. Amen. Friends, thanks so much for listening. I will see you next week. I love you guys. God bless you.
2: Thank you, Pastor Ricky, for that great children's message and that great reminder that we can spend time with God anywhere. Friends, I want to invite you into a special time with us now in which we're going to seek to do just that. We're going to seek to spend time with God together um, and invite you who are watching and participating with us from afar to join us as we have a much-needed conversation about what is going on in our current climate and culture around us. Um, We do want to give a moment for you as a family to make decisions about how you will participate with your kids. Uh, We imagine some of the content that we'll talk about today will be heavy. Um... While we think it would be very appropriate for our entire family, we do recognize that every family needs to make the decision that's best for them. And so um, if you need to pause for a moment and uh, and readjust seating or uh, move smaller children to another room to participate in other ways, that would be very appropriate to do now. Um, but we're going to prepare our hearts and invite you to prepare your heart as well as we join in this conversation about race and racism and how the church can respond. Pastor Charlie, would you pray us into this time? Sure well.
4: Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be before you, to come and to shed light in dark areas. Father, we ask that you would speak through us. We ask that you would open up the hearts and the minds of your people. Father, we ask that your word and this conversation would bring healing to some broken hearts bring clarity to some confusion and to strengthen those that are weak and mend those that are apart. Father, only you can do it, and so we as your representatives stand before your people to try to bring as much of healing process in this hurtful moment. Mm. Father, we ask that you would just give us wisdom.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: We ask that your spirit would be present That's with God. us as with the people that are watching. Yes, And that you would move in a mighty way. God. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 We know that all of us are accustomed to having a time in which
2: preaching would happen right now in the service. But this morning, um, I think we're going to try to do our very best not to preach. We're going to do our very best to to try to participate and model healthy conversation. Um, In part because we really believe that that is what is needed right now. Uh, Conversation that is earnest and true from the heart where uh, people across racial boundaries are sitting down together. And making sense of what they're experiencing and the way forward. We prepared a couple of questions that we're going to try to navigate through. And, uh, and I am thankful for Pastor Eric and Pastor Charlie and for the wisdom that they will continue to bring in this conversation. We recognize that um, no matter where we point the finger, that there are large brushes uh, that paint large brush strokes. And when those, uh, when those pictures are, are created, there are many who are caught up in those pictures generalizations and uh, and sweeping narratives that, that encompass people groups. Uh, Eric and Charlie, how have you seen that exact thing happening, and uh, how can we more accurately reframe the narrative uh, so that it is a, 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 a more realistic picture uh, rather than broad generalizations around what's going on and around how people are affected? That's a great question. Um,
1: I just, I'll, I'll start. Uh, I just want to say, too, as, uh, as, as we kind of enter this discussion, like for me, this is a really um, humbling place to be um, as a white person in, in this context. Um, and so, a lot of what I have to say is from a very limited and narrow perspective. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't possibly know what, what you guys are experiencing and feeling or my friends of color have been experiencing and feeling. And so just, I I just kind of want to say that at the outset, whatever I say today, I I don't pretend to know what's going on in your heart and your minds and in your life. Um, But, but some of the generalizations that I see is, um, you know, I, I think that the most common one is, is when we see one person do something wrong, every person that looks like that person is, the old example is I saw a guy with a red sweatshirt rob a bank. Therefore, everyone who wears a red sweatshirt is a bank robber. Mm. And and that's kind of what we've done. We've just used mm. the color of our skin or mm. our our zip code to make that generalization. Mm. And and so that's that's kind of the example um, that I see. Now, how can we reframe the narrative? That's that's really the hard part, isn't it?
4: It is, it uh, is. Um,
1: and I, I don't know a really great answer to this except for, to me, it's to start to have conversations with people who maybe you've heard broad generalizations about, mm-hmm. uh, but get to know people personally, mm-hmm. rather than just standing far off and making and casting a judgment on someone uh, because of what you've heard a stereotype that you've that you've heard.
2: Hmm.
4: That was, uh, it reminds me of uh, when Martin Luther King said, I would rather that my kids be judged by the contents of their character and Mm. not by the color of their Mm. skin. Um, It has been um, hard growing up um, as a young black man in America, um, having a view of of being a criminal before Mm. they even have an introduction Mm. of the person. And I think that if we if we learn to meet the person opposed to judging a person by their appearance, then um, that's just a start, you know. Introduce yourselves, get mm-hmm. to know one another. But sometimes people just go ahead of, of, of themselves and just want to put the judgment. It's like Put the judgment before the person just mm. automatically you have that stamp on, you know, mm. clenches the, the pocketbook while mm. you're walking down the street. Mm. Uh, mm. you know, walk down a different aisle in the store. Mm. You know, moments like that, you know, um, that's the hurtful moments mm. that we that we encounter as as you know, blacks in America. Yeah. I wonder, and
2: like. We, we've had a chance to sit together and talk a little bit and we've mm-hmm. had a chance to kind of share our hearts and cry with one another. But I I want to just kind of throw a little caution out here when, when we start talking about, um, the generalizations that we don't, um, in an effort to reframe the narrative that we don't dismiss the things that are true about the current narrative.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. So, um, I, I completely agree with what you were saying, Eric, like we want to make sure that, uh, that we don't generalize that every red sweater means you're you're a bank robber mm-hmm. right right but but if everybody who ever robbed a bank wore a red sweater yeah. we probably do need to have caution right. around yeah. red sweaters
4: right yep.
2: right and so what am i what do i mean when i say that i mean this like in an effort to reframe the narrative we can't wash over the history mm-hmm. as if yes. it weren't there so so a, a, as as people of color um, I, uh, I I feel a sense of caution to say, hey, like, um, as we rewrite the narrative, let's not dismiss the fact that, that our people have been really, really hurt mm-hmm. or oppressed or mm-hmm. – um, and are still currently in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Then interject what you were saying. Right. Which is just because I wear a red sweater doesn't mean right. that – Right. Um, that I am participating in that direction. Right. So I, there, there, there's this like wow. This I, when I picture it, I'm you know this kind of like fine line. Mm-hmm. You know this this. I,
1: I yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right on point because what we have to acknowledge is that you know the. The, the phrase or the term that we hear a lot now is systemic racism. Right. Yeah. And, um, and I, I have to admit, for a long time, I didn't understand mm. what that meant, like for yeah. a very long time until um, some brothers were willing to walk alongside of me and, and help, and I was able to listen to them, and they were able to answer some really raw, hard questions from me. Yeah. Um, but what we have to recognize is even if there's, people like these broad generalizations that don't fit a people group at some point, a people group has institutionalized racism. Like Mm -hmm. they've put policies, procedures, laws in place to where they could say, Oh, it's not me. It's just the way it is. Right. 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 And, and so, so we absolutely have to acknowledge that while we want to be careful about the generalizations, um there are some widespread big picture things that have happened that have brought us to where we are today. And so so there are some really big umbrellas of racism that we're living under right now as a society in America.
2: That's right. Yeah. Well, the current divisions that are front and center tend to tend to be based around power and race. Um, Charlie if you, you got a chance to take a shot at this with us um how do you see these divisions in, in in the community around you um how do you like what examples do you see of those divisions that exist
4: well say for instance in politics we have such a small voice in our community to the to the broad of the um, conversation we we have um i mean It's, uh, we sign petitions, we vote, but we're voting almost with our fingers crossed, hoping that the person that we're voting for would be the right person. And that would answer the questions based off of their running policies. And would they um, help our communities or hear our voices and cries? And if we, we figure that if we, was to vote in some people with our ideas and our dreams and our visions of hope for the future, that that will help. But Mm -hmm. in some cases, there are laws that are already, like you said, set in place that really needs to be changed. And so with our voice, it seems that we do cry out. But in some cases, no one hears us. Mm. And that, you know, so what do you do is to try to vote someone that is favor to your cause or our cause or, or, you know, someone put in place that can move the needle, you know, for us in that regard. That's good. Yeah, you know, I I think. um,
1: Man, this is a tough one. I think one of the. um, the hard things about the system that we're in now, uh, especially for followers of Christ mm-hmm. is that rather than looking at everything through a biblical lens, we tend to view everything through a political lens. Mm-hmm. And so when everything comes down to politics, um, that's when the power and race issue really gets askew. Mm-hmm. And we are so married to a political ideology or to a party we can't even look at candidates as individuals. We can't even look at like I can't look at you and think, man, what's going to be best for Charlie right. and his family, and um, and and so I, you know, I, I don't know what the answer is to that, mm-hmm. except for personally as followers of Jesus Christ, um, our our priority needs to be seeking, living and loving the way He did, and then voting that way, and then working for change that reflects that, um, not yeah. because we're worried about, you know, what all of our family and friends are going to think if we, you know, do something that doesn't align with the political party that we grew up in, what, whichever political party that is, and, right. it, you know? Um, so, you know, and man, that, that's, um, that's, that's just a tough, one. I mean, that's what I see in my community
4: Yeah,
1: is that is that people are really married to the idea of a political party. Yeah. Um, And uh, we should be married to an idea of a loving Savior. Yeah.
2: I'm going to go out on a limb here and just talk a little bit for a moment about our immediate community here in Mm Roxborough. You know, Roxborough historically has been a white section of the city of Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. And uh, over the last 20 of years, um, it has increasingly diversified. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The the uh, the median age has reduced. Um, Younger professionals have moved in as uh, as apartments have been created, and um, and so there's a lot more. uh, uh, There's a lot there's a lot less nuclear families um, in comparison to how it once was Mm -hmm. as a community and uh, a much, much broader, diversified neighborhood now, which is part of the attraction for me mm-hmm. to Roxborough. Mm-hmm. Very, very much so. I love the idea of raising my kids in this community where where it is a diversifying neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a pastor here in the neighborhood, like I, I can attest to the difficulties of leading a church in a diversifying neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Like everybody loves the idea and every pastor wants to lead a church in a community where that is true. Um, But racial tensions are just they are real. Yeah, Yeah. they are real and they are present. um, They are as present today as they have been at any point in my life. I cannot speak before my lifetime. Right. But I feel them as present today as I ever have. Um, and I think that's the one thing I would say right now with what's going on across our nation, Mm -hmm. uh, in response to the murder of George Floyd, like there is, uh, the the racial tension has become very evident now to balance that with a, with a picture of hope. Every time you turn, every time I turn on the news Mm -hmm. and I see examples of racial tension, I also see peppered into those moments people of other races yeah. participating in support of the rate uh, of, of not of, not in support of the racial tension, but standing in solidarity with those who are right. protesting the racial tension. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that has been very, very hopeful yeah. for me. Yeah. And I've seen that across Roxborough
4: for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Definitely. I, I've seen it. It's, it's, it's very encouraging to see that, um, that the fight is growing, looking more American-like. It's it's no longer just um, a minority's battle, but um, the majorities, like some of the majority are blending in and that to me is is more of an American that I would like to see. People standing together for a cause to make a difference and a change for another um, race, you know, but standing together, united—that yeah. to me, that's a beautiful sight. That's a beautiful sight.
1: Yeah, I I, I share in that hope because I I shared with you a couple times. There's there's people in my life who I've known to say things and do things that would we would all consider racist. Mm-hmm. Um, but I see them now starting to speak out against it. So something is happening. Yeah. Um, and as hard as it is, but I think hearts and minds are becoming attuned. The light bulb is starting to go off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and there's people, especially our white brothers and sisters, are starting to say, you know what? Something's not right. Yeah. And we may not know what to do or how to speak up, but we're starting to say, okay, there's there's definitely something wrong happening here. And, and awareness is, is really taking place. And I, I do see that in Roxborough
2: specifically. Yeah. 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 I, let us let us make sure we're painting a true picture of Roxboro as well, that while that light bulb is going off for some people and, and while there is a sense of hope there, we have a long way to go oh, yeah. Yeah. as a neighborhood, yeah. Yeah. as a city,
4: yeah.
2: as a nation, yes. and not just in response to, but in support of right. our brothers and sisters. We have a long way to go. Absolutely. And I think that's part of the question. Part of what was embedded in that question was the, uh, the, the power piece of it,
4: mm. Yeah.
2: right? And uh, al- at least at least as of recent, a lot of our attention has been given to the uh, the unequal balance of power and authority. Mm. Um, and so, um, in the case of George Floyd, you have you have a white police officer right. or white police officers, and you have a unarmed black man. Right. Right. There's an there's an imbalance of power and authority mm. in that right. moment. Exactly. Um, we don't have a ton of time for this, but just what do we say about that? About the the unequal balance of power? Um, how do we address that? Hmm. Is it as, is it as easy as a call to those with power and authority? Not a, a call, but a a charge to those with power and authority to say we've
4: we demand better of you hmm. for well, how you use that. First thing for me is to hold those accountable. You know if you hold them accountable you know they'll think twice before they proceed in that in that direction. Um, if you you know if you right now it's uh, you look at some of the other um, arrests that they have made and the arguments that you see because social media shows everything right now you know I mean we've we've had racism but now it's being shown because of the, of the cell phones and the cameras. Mm-hmm. And so it's always been here, but now you get to see it daily. Mm-hmm. And when you see it, on the other hand, it's more of a conversation, a talk down. But when it comes to um, Blacks, it's more of a talk at, hold down. Mm-hmm. And that is that is the part that needs to change. Uh We should be able to conversate as well. It's almost like they rather not hear our voice But they want to enforce their authority Uh But when talking to uh, say a a white um, victim, it's um, it's more I'll hear you I'll Uh talk to you We'll have a conversation, Uh you know, and that needs to change. So when that happens they that it has to have a certain accountability to um for a policy to be written if you you handle the same situation but differently because of the color of their skin mm-hmm. that right there that should be mm-hmm. that should be raised as hey put that in the file for this guy you get mm-hmm. that many get so many mm-hmm. we need to really reevaluate mm-hmm. his position in in our uh Police on our police force, or some, so some sort, of yeah, some sort of standard of consistency of yeah, consistency across, across some, the board, yeah, right? Right. Board. right,
1: yeah, yeah. You know, I I, I think of even Ahmad Arbery and right. um, they before that video was released, those two gentlemen who shot him, um, so, were going to go free. Yeah, I mean that was it. it mm. was like case closed. It's over. Yeah. It wasn't until the video was released and people started holding them accountable, holding the DA accountable, that something happened. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I don't have a good answer for why that is and how to fix it. You know, we need people in office and in positions of authority with integrity. Mm -hmm. And somehow we need checks and balances in place to hold them accountable, like you said. And fortunately, we have videos in our uh, camcorders in our pocket now, everywhere we go, with our right. phones, and that's helping. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there definitely needs to be a change to policies, procedures and, and laws that will that we'll enact that. Um, otherwise, you're right, it, it's completely right. inconsistent. Like, you know, those two guys got the benefit of the doubt. Oh well, they all right. But I guarantee if the role was reversed, right. there wouldn't be a benefit of the doubt. And the, the fact that we all know that that's true. And anyone listening knows that that's true in their heart of hearts. Mm-hmm. That's the issue. Like, right. that's that's exactly why we're having to have this conversation mm-hmm. today. And mm-hmm. I, I, I don't have an answer for it except to say, yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. yeah. In
2: 2008, which I believe was the first, was when Obama was, President Obama was elected for his first term. Yeah. 2008. Yeah. Um, in two thousand eight, I voted for President Obama, not because of what he stood for as a politician, but because I wanted their I wanted their, I wanted to be able to say to my kids um, that somebody of color has climbed to the highest ranking position in our country mm-hmm. uh, in our nation, and that they too would have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. I think somehow. As we think about the balance of power, mm-hmm. we have to be able to um, to recognize and celebrate the efforts of those who have uh, achieved high-ranking positions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in our in our communities. Right. Um, I think of one of my best friends who is a high-ranking official in the Philadelphia Fire Department. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, and he's a person of color. How do we celebrate that? How do we tell that story in a way that empowers uh, other aspiring young people to uh, to reach toward these positions? Um, And then, how do we not just have them as a figurehead, but 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 really empower them to exercise their authority? on behalf of the other Um, the balance of power seems really important Mm -hmm. and having people who we trust to use that power platform position um, appropriately for others seems like a high uh, seems like a goal we need to press toward Mm -hmm. Mm So um, let let me just also say, uh, one of, one of my very best friends, uh, and, and is also a member of our church, is a uh, is a police officer in the the city of Philadelphia. He's a, he's a white man uh, serving as a police officer in the city of Philadelphia. I feel equally supported, valued, and fought for by my white friend who's a police officer. Mm-hmm. And my black friend, who is a uh, a firefighter,
3: mm-hmm. right.
2: and so I, I want to make sure we're, we don't fall into the same trap of of, of sweeping generalizations, mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. right? We have some amazing people in our city serving as uh, in, in, in positions of public service, yeah. uh, white folks, black folks, right. and folks of other hues, mm-hmm. yeah. And I want to make sure we celebrate that as well, absolutely. All right, we're we're gonna we don't have a ton of time left, and I do want to make sure that we. Um, I think I don't. I'm saying I, but we want to make yeah. sure yeah. that uh, that we can invite you and and us alike to um, to look t- look to God for places of hope in response to this. And so, as, here's the question: as we as we think about the current climate of our city and our nation. And the racial and power divides that exist, what is the biblical narratives that we turn to in response to that? Um, if, if if you were having a conversation with somebody, you know, on, on SEPTA riding downtown, and they said, like, you know, like you love God, so where do you find hope in the book um, in response to the acts of racism that are going on around us, or in response to the imbalance of power? Is there anything that comes to your mind as a
4: biblical perspective that we can point to? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 through 32. Uh, We was having this conversation uh, yesterday. And I brought this up um, to what is kind of surrounding us right now. And it reads, uh, In your anger do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work uh, doing something useful with their hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but Mm -hmm. only what is helpful for building building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ, just as in Christ, God forgave you that was, for me, kind of what the city has experienced in the last few days and weeks, sums up, just touches on everything, every aspect of what was going on, from the anger, the frustration, to um, allowing the enemy a foothold in the peaceful um, protests, um, stealing from the looting, Um, you know, uh, to the point of speaking against what you really don't understand, and speaking bad to what could be a good situation. Um, Just you know, going with your own thought, not listening to the Holy Spirit. um, But being reminded that we have all fall short of the glory of God. Yes, but it's because of His grace and His mercy and His love for us that. He came to set out our souls free and come to um, die for us and resurrected to give us power and to wash away our sins. And we got to be reminded not to let bitterness or rage or any type of anger set in and be the forefront of our mouth and our thoughts towards any situation or any one individual. Huh but be loving, kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. That's first and foremost. Mm. We have to learn how to forgive. Mm. Um, there, mm-hmm. there is a, there is a level of, of hurt that we have suffered, mm-hmm. but if we don't forgive, we can carry that and pass it on from generation to generation. And what's going to happen sooner or later, the situation is going to happen. It's going to be a burst. Yes. Mm. Yep. And, Absolutely. and many people will be hurt by that burst. So we have to first, forgive and We hope that on the other hand, they're able to forgive as well Because we've shown some anger as well mm-hmm. But it's, it's what was built up in us But we have to be mindful that Christ comes in and he flushes that out of us and we thank God for it for For his presence because if it wasn't for his presence this whole situation could be much worse.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. Eric, any, any? Yeah, there's, uh, man, I've
1: been thinking a lot about this. There's there's two things that God brought to my mind. Um, in Ezekiel chapter 34, the first thing is that God is for the hurting and the broken.
2: Yes. yes, yep, yep,
1: um, yep. In Ezekiel chapter 34, God is, is calling out the people who have the power. Mm. And he's saying, look, you've sinned. Because you've abused your power. That's right. You've That's hurt right. my people. And, and specifically, he says this. I'm in Ezekiel chapter 34, starting verse 4. <laughs> you have not strengthened the weak or healed the sick or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. Mm. Um, man. Man. That's us. God, mm-hmm. that's us. And God shows us his heart right here. He's like, I wanted you to do this. Those who are hurting, yep. help them. Those who have been injured, bind their wounds. Yep, yep, yep. And are the words and actions that we're taking, words of healing?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Are they words that are going to bind the wounds? Or are they words that are going to just dig deeper mm-hmm. and turn a fracture into a break? Mm-hmm and a break into an amputation you know so first thing is God's for the healing the other thing I was thinking about is in the Garden of Gethsemane the account of Jesus and his disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane people in power came to arrest Jesus and then I was thinking about this Jesus came into a situation where the Jewish people were under an oppressive rule they were Mm -hmm. under the rule of tyranny and so he came and His disciples and everyone was looking for a Messiah that was going to come and deliver them, right? That's right. And and so they came to arrest Jesus. And what happened? Peter, out of fear, anger, hurt, frustration, he drew his sword and he ran and he cut off a man's ear. Mm -hmm. Violence was the end. He had had enough. Mm -hmm. And this man who he loved, who he knew was a good man, was being arrested for no reason. Mm -hmm. And he was hurt. And he was done with the power and the authority oppressing him. And so he acted out in anger and in violence. Yeah. And then I look at Jesus' response. Man, it's so awesome. Yeah. What's the first thing? Jesus doesn't condone the violence. Put away your sword, Peter. Yeah. I could handle this if I wanted to. Put away your sword. Second thing he does, he heals the man's ear. He cleans up Peter's mess. Yeah. Man, he just steps into it, yeah. and he says, I'm going to take care of you. Yeah. I'm going to forgive this. I'm going to clean up the mess that you made. Yeah. And then the third thing he does is he loves Peter. He doesn't say, man, I'm done with you. You know, I have three years, three years, <laughs> you know, this, you get what you deserve, man. You keep That's acting right. like this. You get what you deserve. No, yes. Jesus didn't say that. Yep. Jesus loved him all the way to the cross all the
2: way, yep. and then
1: restored him after the resurrection. Yes. And mm. man, church, people are hurting. They're Peters right now. Yep. And the violence and the outrage that we see is bubbling over they've had enough that's right but jesus response was to step in and help clean up the mess and to love them all the way to the cross and sacrifice himself on the cross so i think the biblical takeaway for us is we can love people
2: yeah. sacrificially
1: you know, mm. the way jesus mm. did
2: well well both of those are are right on um i'll simply point to john four forty three. um in John chapter 4, Jesus has an encounter with the woman at the well. If you are familiar with that story, you'll know that that story represents racial divides. It represents socioeconomic divides. It represents political divides. And Jesus is bridging all of those divides in this story. But I think the verse that gets swept over in this story is John four forty three. It says, After two days there, he left. Jesus spent two days specifically sitting in the re- in relationship with those who were intentional, and uh, I think one of the thing one of the ways that we uh, can can encourage you and us alike to um, to bridge the divides that exist is to intentionally sit down like this, mm-hmm. to sit in a relationship with one another. To make the decision to stay in those moments, even when tension flares up, when the divides are real. Um, The practice of presence, I think, will be part of the narrative of solution. Mm. So, friends, we are uh, up against the clock and we're out of time and there's so much more we like to say. Uh, I'm going to ask each one of us to just give a 30 second parting word Specifically uh, to one group of people um, uh, that we will address into the camera, and so, uh, Eric, if you could give a parting word to our brothers and sisters of color. Yeah,
1: to our brothers and sisters of color. Uh, man, I just I want to repent on behalf of white people, on behalf of the white evangelical church. I just I love you, and I'm sorry um, because we've been guilty of a lot of the crimes that have hurt you and frustrated you. And so for my for our, my brothers and sisters of color, um, I sincerely ask for your forgiveness. And um, I, I pray and hope that you'll give us the opportunity to find a way forward with you.
2: Pastor Charlie, if you could give a word uh, to our brothers and sisters who have power and authority.
4: Um. I go to Le- Leviticus 1933. Uh, it says, When a foreigner resides amongst you in your land, do not mistreat them. The foreigner reside amongst you must be treated as your native born. Love them as yourself, for you were foreigner's. And Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So I would say, use your power to love, to accept, and to come together to become one. Because divided we fall, but united we stand.
2: And to our brothers and sisters out there who aren't yet followers of Jesus, as you're watching and seeing the church trying to respond. To the hurts of our world and to maybe hurts that have directly affected you let me invite you in while we may not be the perfect while we may not have the perfect answers to the questions and to the hurts that are out there we do know at the end of the day the one who is uh, who is righteous is holy and is fighting on your behalf already and jesus is the reason why we're able to sit together here And Jesus is the hope that we all cling to. And Jesus desires to be that same hope and salvation for you. Friends, not ignoring the mess that we've all been a part of, would you turn with us to the only one who holds the answer? The desire of the church, the desire of us three pastors, and the desire of every single person out there who loves Jesus is that right now you would make a decision to join us in yielding your life to Christ. We're praying with you, we're praying for you, and we're believing on God to bring healing to his people and to this land. This is not the end of the conversation, but it's the end of our conversation for today. Pastor Eric, would you pray us out? Absolutely. God I I
1: just um, Lord I praise you that you're not a distant God God you're not a God who's unfamiliar with our suffering God you didn't look at us in the mess that we made the mess that we're in and say man you're on your own but God you stepped in to the mess with us through your son Jesus Christ and um, God you took on our sins that's right in Jesus Christ mm. and God, you raised your son, Jesus, victorious over our sins. Yes. And so God, that Thank is the God. hope that Thank we cling God. to today. Mm. God, may we follow the lead of your son, Jesus Christ. May we humble ourselves the way Jesus mm. did. Yes, God. Who didn't count equality with God something to be grasped, but he humbled himself. Yes. And so God, may we step in to the mess with each other. God, may we help love one another. Lord, may we help bring healing. May we bind wounds. Mm. Lord, may we not distance ourselves from one another because of different Mm. political ideologies, because of different social classes. Lord, because of race. That's right. But God, may we be present with each other the way you are present with us. Mm -hmm. And God, may this be the beginning of change. Lord, may you use this for your glory. Yes, God. And to show us that you love every single man, woman, boy, and girl on this planet. No matter where they come from, Mm
4: -hmm. no
1: matter what their bank account looks like, and no matter what tone their skin is. So God, help us to do that. And Lord, help us to look to your son, Jesus Christ, to lead the way.
2: That's right, How we should
1: live and how we should love. Yes, God. We pray all this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood.
2: Amen.
4: Amen. Amen. Amen.
2: Thank you, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, visit our website at RoxboroughChurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.